Well, welcome. It, it is good to see you. It's good to see people getting involved in ways that they have not yet gotten involved before. Uh, that's exciting. Um, you can, uh, starting next week, uh, uh, go ahead and sign up for being a, a part of that uh, drive through nativity that's going to happen on the 18th, uh, which is one week before Christmas, and, and that will be good. Um, so, so you saw Advent. Uh, we lit a candle today, and some of you are wondering what that is all about. Um, each year, we actually celebrate uh, the preparing our hearts for the coming of Jesus. Now, of course, he came 2,000 years ago, and he's going to come once again. Uh, that we, we believe that very strongly. Uh, but it's, it's one of the ways that we can just say, you know what, I'm putting my mind where it needs to be my heart where it needs to be, and each week we will have a family come up and, and uh, present a devotion for us as we then um, hear from the Holy Spirit. Um, there will be a scripture read and, uh, and then a candle that is lit, and each week we will continue to add to the story so that we can prepare our hearts uh, for uh, the celebration of Jesus' coming into this world for the first time because then we know that he is going to be uh, faithful to the promise to come back once again to take us with him. And so uh, just uh, I, I hope you're looking forward to that each time that we gather together here these next four weeks. And then we will light that final candle, the Christ candle, the Messiah candle uh, on uh, Christmas Eve. And we'll be talking about our Christmas Eve services starting next week. So these two guys who were living on the Oregon coast, mid-December, decide that it might be a really good idea to go out deep sea fishing. Yeah, in mid-December. But they thought, you know what, this, this would be a great idea. So they, they got one guy's boat. They got it all ready to go. They, they launched out. And, of course, it was the weekend that there was going to be a major storm. And, of course, that storm came. It hit. Uh, it was pouring. They were drenched, and they were freezing. It was so cold out there. The wind just blowing through them. They're, they're shivering. Um, they're getting tossed by the waves. They're, they're getting a little seasick. They're holding on for dear life to, to the rope so that they don't get tossed overboard. And in the middle of all of this chaos, one guy looks at the other guy and says, huh, sure beats Christmas shopping, huh? I, amen. Thank you. I say amen as well because I'm not real uh, a big fan of going out there and facing the crowds and, and, and shopping and standing in line and trying to find a parking place. It's, it's just it's crazy. Um, let me ask you, how many of you actually fared well on Black Friday? Did, it, did any of you fare well? I fared well because I didn't go. Amen. I saw a Facebook meme about six years ago that I loved. Um, we're going to show it to you right here. It says, Black Friday, when people trample others for cheap goods mere hours after being thankful for what they already had. You know, on Thursday, we say, thank you, God, for everything that you provided for me. And apparently, the, the next morning, we, we figure, but it wasn't enough. Thank you, God. I'm going to go buy some more stuff. And so that's Black Friday. And it makes me wonder what happened to peace on earth, goodwill to men. It's sad, but, but for so many of us, it's become so easy to lose our perspective during this season. Christmas always has a way of kind of sneaking up, suddenly taking off then, right? Every year we find that we, we think we got it under control. I got it under control this, this week, this year, but then we find that that's not true. And so when Christmas Day comes and goes, 
And we're sitting there amongst all of the, the chaos, the, the, uh, the aftermath, if you will. We wonder, why can't we ever just enjoy what goes on during this season? It's an uphill battle because in our culture, we rush everything. We live in a microwave society. We want it now. So we go, 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 go. And stores now, beginning in November, November 1st, what's up? Christmas decorations. They're playing the Christmas songs. Um, for weeks now, I've been getting Christmas catalogs in the mail, okay? And, and, and Christmas has become more and more about what we can buy and, and what people can earn. And people are now in a panic because the supply chain is, is kind of slowing down. It's drying up because of those ships out uh, on the coast of L.A. And they're going, oh, my goodness, we're not going to be able to have Christmas this year. It's not going to be good. Well, is that really what Christmas is about? Let me share with you one of the most profound verses uh, that is connected to the whole biblical Christmas account. It's Luke chapter 2, verse 19, where we are told that Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. She treasured up all these things and she pondered them. Now that word ponder is a very uh, special word to, to take note of because it has the feeling of taking some time to meditate, to think, to slow down. If anybody would have had reason to be frazzled that first Christmas, it would have been Mary. From the uh, angel's announcement of this impending pregnancy, to the potentially awkward situation and uh, letting her fiancé, Joseph, know that she was pregnant, to a last-minute trip out of town to register for the Roman census, to, to, having given, to have to give birth in a stable, laying your child in a feeding trough, to having unexpected guests come over hours after you've had your baby. Boy, one, one would not blame Mary for feeling a bit frazzled. But instead of feeling overwhelmed by the chaos, after all was said and done, Luke tells us in chapter 2, verse 19, that Mary was able to slow down. She was able to treasure these events that were surrounding the birth of her baby, and she was able to ponder them in her heart. You know, I, I wonder, maybe that's one of the reasons why God chose this extraordinary young lady, this Jewish maiden, to, to bear the Messiah, to have this amazing honor. There must have been something in her makeup of her character that, that put her in favor with God. You know, the, the Advent reading that we heard today, that came from the Gospel of Luke. It came as the angel Gabriel came down to give Mary the news that she was going to bear God's son, the Messiah. And the angel told her of this miraculous conception and then gave her proof that this was true because he, the, the, the angel mentioned her cousin or her aunt. The, the word is kind of um, nebulous in the Greek. It could have been her um, aunt or her cousin. Um, but her older relative, Elizabeth, who had also miraculously conceived. And that was going to be the sign that God can do the impossible. So Mary answered, said, you know what? May it be to me according to your will. The humility in, in this gal's heart. May it be to me according to your will. I'm surrendering to your will. And then Gabriel disappears. So, so I wonder what's going through Mary's mind now. 
Oh, but this, there's a lot of joy, a lot of anxiety. I don't know really what I should be doing right now. And, and what's Joseph going to say? And, and how is my family going to treat me? Am I going to be kicked out and have to live on the street? Is anybody going to believe me about this account of, of an angel? And, and yet God helped Mary because he told the, the, the angel Gabriel to mention Elizabeth. Ah. Now Mary gets it. So she knew exactly what she had to do. In Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 39, this is what we read. It says, At that time Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered into Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women. And blessed is the child you will bear. Oh, but why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, Mary, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. So blessed is she who has believed what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Now, what I love about that passage is this. Mary is given this amazing gift. She's received... Uh, this, this news. And then a gift is given to her almost immediately after. And that gift is the confirmation that God is in control. That God is part of this whole ordeal. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. It's not going to mean that every issue was immediately taken care of and resolved. But I can only imagine what a refreshing experience that was for Mary to, to be able to go see somebody who would understand to reconnect with her relative who would understand that God sometimes works in mysterious ways. So she went to go see Elizabeth. And I can imagine that in the midst of their conversations, Mary must have been finding more and more clarity about what God was up to, what God was doing through her, what God was doing in her, and what her role was going to be in this chapter of humanity. So another one of my very favorite verses that is connected to the the birth of Jesus talks about slowing down. So she's there seeing Elizabeth. And in chapter 1, verse 56, we are told that Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months. Now, I don't know about you, but I've made some whirlwind trips in my life to different places to go see relatives. And it's not very relaxing. It's not very enjoyable. If you have to go and then come right back, it's just, man, now I have to take a vacation from my whirlwind vacation. She decides to go and stay with Elizabeth for three months and then return home. What is she doing there? Well, she's probably processing her situation. She's probably spending some time with Elizabeth in prayer, seeking the Lord and his, his counsel, his guidance, calming her heart, calming her spirit. And then when it came time to go back home to Nazareth, still the majority, of her, uh, the majority of her pregnancy to deal with, she is now encouraged. She is now strengthened. She is now refreshed because of her time out, the time that she spent with Elizabeth. Man, Mary was a young gal, but what a wise thing to do. Something about that Jewish maiden girl is, is something that we can actually learn from this year. Yeah, our timeline is different. I mean, we only have 28 days, okay, 28 days and counting. That's not nearly as long as the nine-month wait that Mary had. 
But then our issues are probably not quite so complicated as Mary's situation. But you and I, we just say, you know what, all I want really is I want to make sure that Christmas doesn't come and go this year without me really understanding and experiencing what it's all about. And so as your pastor, I want you to be intentional this year. I want you to make a decision this year to step away from the insanity that Christmas has become in our culture and to take a couple of steps that we see here in Mary's life to help you slow down. So first of all, let's go back to verse 30 through 33 in chapter 1. Gabriel is talking to Mary here, and he says, Don't be afraid, Mary. Don't be afraid. Uh, You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. It's very interesting that if you look at those words, there's only a couple of times that Mary is mentioned. Yes, you have found favor, and you will be with child. But the rest of that passage is all about what God is doing. It's all about God. See, Mary had to remember that it was about his plan, not her plan. She would have probably have chosen a way different route for her life to go down. She needed to remember who was in control, that this was God's plan. And it was difficult for her to get her mind around at first because the very next verse, she says, how will this be? She says, I, I, I'm a virgin. I've never known a man. I have not yet had relations with a man. How can I be pregnant? How can this be? She's trying to get her mind around God's plan. But immediately Gabriel goes right back to God and says, listen, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will shadow, overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. He's talking about the Spirit. He's talking about the Father. He's talking about the Son right there. Right there in one verse, we see the the concept of the the triune nature of God. He says the complete understanding of God. He says, don't worry about how, Mary. Don't, don't, Don't worry about your plans. God has this. He brings her right back to God and his plan of salvation. It's all about God. It's not, it's not about Mary. It's not about creating the perfect Christmas. It's about trusting God to bring about his perfect plan through the events of Christmas. Now, my guess is that much of the source of our chaos that we allow into our lives during Christmas comes because we, though we know about the Christmas story, we, we forget Day in, day out, each day, until we come back here to this place, we kind of forget what the season is really all about. We get caught up in it. I get caught up in it, so don't feel bad. We all do. Let me me kind of rock your world here and ask you a few questions. Is Christmas about you finding the perfect gift for your special someone? That'd be nice, but is that what it's about? Is, is uh, Christmas uh, about um, uh, being perfect with your decorations and, and outdoing your neighbor uh, with, with the uh, front lawn decorations and being the house on the block? Is, is that really what it's about? And to rock your world just a little bit more, is it really, like our culture has tried to say, just about spending time with family? 
That sounds so good. And it is nice. And it is a blessing to spend time with family, to appreciate the blessings that God has given to us. But is Christmas really about family? Well, not unless you're talking about God's family. See, God gave his son so that you might be part of his family. But so many people this, this season will say, well, we're gathering as a family because this is all about family, 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 family. And you're going, um, th- there was a baby in a manger. Uh, th- God put on flesh and, and dwelt among us so that he might go to the cross so that he might reconcile our relationship with him. That's what Christmas is about. Not family. That's part of it. But that's not the real reason. When Mary remembered who it was all about, she was prepared then to do whatever God, whose plan it was, whatever God wanted her to do. Secondly, Mary reflected then on the blessing that she would receive. Now, some of you say, wow, that sounds a little selfish, the blessing that I will receive. Yes, yes. Yeah, I know that you think, well, it's not supposed to be about us. Christmas is supposed to be about other people. But you've got to be careful with that line of thinking because, because we, we can get so focused on the demands of our job and extended family and church commitments that we forget that Christmas is supposed to be about you. Why did Jesus come? Because you needed your relationship with God to be mended. Slowing down can be beneficial when you can reflect on what God wants to do for you and in you because of Jesus' coming into this world. Mary chose to visit Elizabeth because Elizabeth was experiencing a blessing. And she, above anybody else, is going to understand what this would mean to Mary. And so, I, you know, the, 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 the work of God was being confirmed as Mary visited Elizabeth, and Mary was, was receiving love and support and guidance But she also got an understanding of what this meant to her. In Luke chapter 2, starting in verses 46 through 49, it says, Mary says this, my soul glorifies the Lord. This is after spending time with Elizabeth. She was able to say, wow, my soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Why? Because he's been mindful of the humble state of his servant. She's talking about herself right now. From now on, she says, all generations will call me blessed. She understands that there's a blessing for her to be a part of God's story. God wants to give her a blessing. All generations will call me blessed. Why? Not because she's perfect. Not because she's got this special aura about her, little halo. That's not why she's going to be blessed. She's going to be blessed because the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Folks, we understand John three sixteen, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? But have you ever considered putting your name in place of that phrase, the world? Slow down and say, huh, for God so loved Steve that he gave his only begotten son. For God so loved Susan that he gave his only begotten son. Yes, he came to save the world. But if you were the only one who had ever sinned, do you know that Jesus would have still come for you? You're part of the world. And too often we just keep this abstract and not understand that God came to give us a blessing. And that blessing is to be reconnected with our creator 
So how have you taken care of yourself this year? How have you taken care of yourself throughout each year during the holiday season? Have you ever taken inventory of your life and saw what is good for me, what is beneficial for me, and what should I be avoiding like the plague because it brings too much stress into my life? If you could just eliminate an activity or two this year, would you be willing to do that? What would go by the wayside? What could go by the wayside and the world not blow up? My guess is that there's probably a few things that you could let go without your world just falling apart. What, what uh, has caused stress in your life last Christmas and the Christmas before that and the Christmas before that and the crazy game that you keep playing? Can you step away from that? Or, or, or is that something that you just absolutely have to do? See, those, have, how do you cut back so that you're not always so tired that you can't enjoy what God has for you. The time with your family, the time here in worship, the time serving other people. Those are the kind of questions that I I wonder about. And, And as your pastor who loves you and loves serving as your pastor, I would love for you to wrestle with those questions and to find some of the answers. But most important of all, I I would love for you to find the answer to this question. How are you going to prepare yourself this year to celebrate Jesus? Jesus. In all of the celebrating that will happen this year, what are you going to do to honor him so that in your heart you can say, I hope he likes my present that I got him because I put a lot of thought into it. This year as we deal with the crazy, chaotic Christmas concerns, are you willing to follow Mary's example of slowing down, treasuring the season of what it's about, and pondering what God is doing in you and through you. There's so much potential to miss the blessing that Christmas was supposed to be to us. Mary could have missed the blessing. What if Mary just had felt sorry for herself? What, what if she immediately launched into panic mode, wondering how she's going to handle the pressure of this unplanned pregnancy? What if she did not slow down to remember God's plan and to reflect on the blessing that he was bringing to her I bet that the story would have looked a little different than what it really does. God has plans for you this Christmas season as well. Now, there's, I, I would love for you this year to finally get not what you want, but what you need. There's a lot of things that we want. You know, we ask for a lot of things that we want. But this year, I, I would love for us to focus on what we need. And the first thing this Advent season that I believe that we need is to slow down, just like Mary did on her trip to see Elizabeth. So maybe it's you and your spouse or a a good friend just going out for a cup of coffee, sitting down and just relaxing and enjoy that conversation. Maybe it's um, bringing your family all together tonight around a big bowl of popcorn and a Christmas movie. Maybe it's cutting out one or two scheduled events on your calendar just to enjoy the, the, the season and going out and seeing lights or just staying at home with your family. It, whatever case, the bottom line is to get to whether or not you feel good about how you've honored Christ this year and how that's going to affect what you do. Gabe, why don't you bring your, your, uh, your folks on back up? I, I ran across an essay on the internet this, this last week and I thought it was very interesting because it really spoke to what we're talking about here. Listen to what somebody had written. They had written, uh, The problem we face today 
needs very little time to actually explain. Our lives in a modern city grow too complex and too overcrowded. Even the uh, necessary obligations that we feel we must meet, they grow overnight. And before we know it, we bow down, we're bowed down with burdens and we're crushed under committees and we're panting through never-ending programs of appointments. We're too busy to be good spouses or to be good uh, parents, uh, to be good friends, and no time at all to actually be a friend to the friendless. But if we withdraw from our public engagements in order to spend quiet time with our family, the guilty calls of citizenship whisper claims in our ear that are disquieting. For instance, our children's schools, well, they should receive our interest. The civic problems of our community, well, they need our attention. And the issues of this nation and the world lie heavy upon us. Our professional status, our social obligations, our membership in this or that very important organization all put claims on our time and our lives. And in our frantic nature, we try to meet at least the necessary minimum that calls on us. And yet we're weary and we're breathless. And we know and regret that our life is slipping away with our having tasted so little of the peace and the joy awaiting us. Folks, that was written in 1941. Eighty years later, we still haven't gotten it, have we? In fact, we've probably gotten worse. So this year, can you make the steps to not let that happen to you again? To get so busy that you get so blinded in the rush of things that you do not recognize what God is doing and what God has done in this world and in your life. This year, are you willing to slow down in order that you don't miss the blessing of the birth? I'd invite you to stand with us as we are going to sing. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing one last song. And uh, I just pray that God's light would shine through you this week and uh, that you would begin to enjoy what this season is all about. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for giving us this time to be reminded of what Mary did, of going and just calming her spirit, to take some time for herself, to recognize the blessing that you wanted to bring to her. And so God, I would pray that we would follow that example, that you would give us the the bravery, the courage, and the ingenuity to find ways of just calming ourselves and slowing down. God, don't let us get into panic mode this year. Let us be able to be filled with your peace and your joy and the love for other people. Even as we say to somebody else, yeah, go ahead and take that parking space. I don't need it. I can walk a little bit longer. And God, let us be able to truly reflect your light that shines in this world as your people, uh, a city on a hill, Uh, May we shine the way that you want us to shine. I pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen.